Hey everybody, it's me, Dan Guy from the Suckcast. I want to tell you about something really awesome and new. It's called the Endlight Podcast Network, where you can hear such awesome shows like Trek Off, Pop Off, Ninjas vs. You, and The Hot Mess with Philip Stamper. Oh, and the most important one of all, the Suckcast. You can go check out the podcast at endlightpodcast.com. Go there! Hi and welcome to Pop Off. This is part two of my conversation with Daniel Ross about Transformer. Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons, the Transformers. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. The Transformers. So, um pre-animated post armada we hear that the guy who made armageddon is gonna be doing transformers now first the first name we hear oh michael Bay. the first name well the <laughs> first name a second there that's not the first name we hear though the first name we hear is steven spielberg yes um and we know that a guy named don murphy yes is, don um, murphy and I want to I, I want to get into Transformers one and two, and then I want to talk about you a little. Okay. And then we're going to talk about Transformers three. Okay. Or rather, I'm going to talk about Transformers one. Then we'll get into you. Then we'll okay. th- we'll end with our discussion of Transformers two. Oh, great! Um, end on a high note. Um. Uh, <laughs> so so we hear that Spielberg's doing it. People are excited. yes. Um, it's, we start seeing images. They're huge. Yes. Everything is positive that I heard about it. Cause I, cause I frequented ain't it cool until the word flames comes up. Mm-hmm. And that is the first bit of anger that I ever got. Were you angry at the movie backdraft? Cause there were a lot of flames. <laughs> yeah. in that. Um, we know what we're talking about. The flames <laughs> on, they accentuated Prime. his rib cage. I get that. I'm not, I don't I don't care. <laughs> I mean, let, let's be clear. I wasn't angry, uh-huh. but but the 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 flamers on on uh on Ain't It Cool were. Mm-hmm. There were people who were just you know, the, it was the Jar Jar Binks. Damn those flaming flamers. It was the it was the it was the, the flaming flames. It was the Jar Jar Binks of Transformers, the the paint job on Optimus Prime. And which struck me, it as was being, a choice. Which struck me as being really weird that people would care that much about a paint job. It was a choice, and ultimately, the thing about the Transformers movie is that these robots scanned whatever they saw first, and you can use that as an excuse because ultimately they went with the flame paint job. But there was a truck rolling by, a Mack truck rolling by with flames, and Optimus Prime happened to scan, and that's the form he took. Now the the. First Transformers, what do you think of the first? Let's let, let's let's talk about the plot. The plot follows Sheila Sheila Booth's character, Shia, Shia whatever his name is, um, <laughs> uh, Sam Witwicky, um, who who I've had the pleasure of working with, Sam Witwicky, Shia LaBeouf. Really? Yes. Did you talk to him? No. About Transformers? No. Tell him what a giant fan you were. No. Um, but I can say I've had the pleasure of working with him. Um, so Shia LaBeouf. We'll get into that. Later. Um, Shia, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, is Sam Witwicky? His uh, he is a high school loser. Nobody really likes him. Yep. He has a shitty car. Yep. A um, dog on pills. Um. He uh. He 
is secretly in love. No, he with, wants a car, but he gets a shitty car. Yeah, he is. He is secretly in love with uh, with the Michaela hot, Baines, the hot girl at school, and she AKA doesn't know Megan Fox. She she doesn't know that he exists, mm-hmm. and he's got this history of a grandfather that that had some glasses. Well, he just kind of went bonkers. Yeah, and we don't know. He we made don't... a discovery, and he went bonkers. And... So, so we essentially to jump forward through the movie, Sam has been gifted or cursed with these symbols that that, that he attempts to hawk in his class. Yeah, that he that, that he's selling on eBay. That that that, <laughs> that he that he has a personal connection to, um, and he ends up uh, being the focus. Of the good guys need to find him, the bad guys need to find him. Who find him, finds him first is uh, is Bumblebee. He thinks it's just his car. Mm-hmm. It's him and his car. There's a little bit of Herbie going on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the without car, the coke induced Lindsay the, the, Lohan, the car helps him get the girl. Get get, get the girl who is not a coke induced Lindsay Lohan um, yet. <laughs> um, uh, they'll, they'll be doing movies together really soon. Hot. Um, and and then. Just about when the girl starts liking him, the moment that the girl starts liking him, the first moment that she holds his hands, the the seriousness of his situation becomes evident. The whole I'm going to try and get the girl story ends. Yep. She holds his hands and the whole story shifts as he meets. Well, he wants to get the car, get the girl. Yeah. And he does those things yes. before he meets the Autobots. Yes. He meets the Autobots and then it's essentially let's fight these Decepticons who are trying to take over and and do bad stuff. We don't need to get the whole plot, but they, they're there well, to do Well, it. let's be clear. The first Transformer he meets is Barricade, who almost kills him. He didn't know his car was Bumblebee. But Bumblebee is his car. Bumblebee is his so, car. So Bumblebee introduces him to the Transformers. There's mm-hmm. fighting. There's fighting in the desert, fighting in the streets, fighting, mm-hmm. and ultimately, good guys win. Megatron is sent to the bottom of the ocean. Yep. Um, Starscream flies off into space mm-hmm. and the movie ends. Yes. Um, so what was, when you got down with Transformers, the first movie, what were your thoughts? Well, first of all, I had the, well, let's, 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 let me ask you two questions. What were your thoughts afterward? And I'm going to, I'm going to take you to task if you lie, because your thoughts afterward are not as tempered as maybe your thoughts are now. Cause you're, I remember afterward the things that you said. So what did you, what do you remember your thoughts after the movie being? Well, I, I have to, I have to set the, uh, the uh, environment here. I was, I had the pleasure of seeing the movie for the first time, uh, not only with Tyrese Gibson, uh, but with the fans. This was in uh, Rhode Island at the BotCon Transformers convention. Uh, we had a chance to go to Hasbro headquarters and actually see where the toys were made. So I had the, the honor of actually seeing it with the fans. So, not only did I get to see a cool movie that I had, you know, interest in, but I got to see it with other people who were interested in seeing the same thing I did. Because you called so, me that night. I was excited out of my mind. And quite frankly, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. You there told were, me you told me it was the next Star Wars, that it was going to be bigger than now, money wise, you you've been correct. But you you, you It's one of the top grossing films of all time. But and you your your you said that it was like the greatest film you'd ever seen. That it was well. Now from, I was riding high at that particular moment. Now I will give it to multiple you. Multiple reasons. You had you had been waiting your whole life. Oh yeah. Oh to yeah. To see this realized in any form 
that was not animated. We, we I just had a realization, a real-life Optimus Prime transform with loud, booming sounds right in front of me, clarity, vivid. And yet, they, was... and, and I will give this to them, they used the old 1980s Transformer sound a lot in the film, which I... A couple times, enough, not a lot. But enough that I was like... Once or twice. I was like, good for them. Yes, I once or that. twice that and, actually popped in there. And they used it when... when Optimus Prime transformed the first time, didn't they? they, they no. They, they had a lot of worrying and zoo, but underneath you kind of heard the... the no, no. That wasn't actually there. Really wasn't? It wasn't. It huh. wasn't. I don't recall exactly which moment it came in, but uh, the transforming sound was not apparent right away. It came in later. Um, they made something unique for the, for the Transformers for that, but it, it was... It, it had my jaw on the floor. I was absolutely thrilled. I was happy. All the hype you know, was was met by this this really exciting movie that I saw, which was not the greatest movie of all time, but, but you know But at the what? time, maybe you didn't realize that. Because well, at the time it, you... Because it had its flaws. I wanted, it had some yeah, flaws. What are your thoughts a month later? Like, it's you've seen it, you're past the high, you see, you've seen it a couple times. I still think, later. to this day, that Transformers 1 is, is a great movie. It's a solid, it's a solid, enjoyable movie. It has some flaws in it. There's no question. There's no movie that does not have a flaw. Um, not to say that, uh, you know, I'm making up for any lost ground with this one, but Transformers, I would say, holds up as a solid film, an enjoyable film, and uh, is something that I will continuously remember and hold as one of my favorites. Um, I disagree with you. You can't disagree. It is one of my favorites. Oh, I disagree with everything you said before that. <laughs> um uh, I feel like it's flawed. It is actually one of the highest grossing films. That's time. great. That's great. You and can't disagree with that. I can't disagree with Box that. Box Office Mojo disagrees with you. Well, okay. Then by your rationale, Transformers 2 is better than Transformers 1. I won't. Uh, no. I can't okay. be amenable to by, that by, by that rationale. By, by the rationale that quality is determined by Box Office. Well, the first one did better Box Office. Uh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong. Transformers two. Transformers two is a higher grossing film than Transformers one. In the, in, okay, in if the, I'm wrong, I want you to email nvzmovie at gmail dot com. Oh wow! <laughs> and send pictures of your balls. Please don't do that because I will just edit that part out. Of the, I'm going to go check hey, when we're done. If I'm right, you won't get any emails. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you're right, this part won't make it into the podcast. <laughs> Uh, if you're wrong, it absolutely will make it to the podcast. It's so great to have this godlike power over history. Um, uh, so my problem with the movie are, are, I have a couple of problems. Um, one, no, uh, challenges, problems, opportunities. No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> opportunities to do it completely different. Um, uh, there, it is a problem the, the problem with the movie that is exacerbated in the second movie is that it, it lacked consi- me consistent. Yeah. Like you. And I wish you were in it. It last cons- lacked consistent tone. Um, that sometimes it was very serious and epic. And then sometimes it was John Turturro, you know, and sometimes it was the story of a boy who needs to get the girl and a story I was into. And then the absolute caricature of the parents. And then sometimes there was, you know, intensity and seriousness in the desert and in the street and, and life and death seeming like it was on the line. And sometimes it was Bumblebee peeing on someone. The Bumblebee um, pee moment is one of those moments that made everyone kind of cock their heads a little bit and go, huh? Yeah. Um, it is. It um, is. There, there's, there's, you know, the, the fact that it didn't need to have as much profanity as it did if it was for actually for kids. The fact that it was. Oh, hey. 
profanity is for kids. Um, and then ultimately, the biggest fuck shit cockballs. <laughs> Who wrote that? <laughs> um, uh, ultimately, the biggest problem for me were the robots themselves. Specifically, that these robots had to do hand to hand combat. And the problem that I had is the big cli- the big climax of the film. Or one of the ma- one of the ten climaxes of the film, but one of the biggest ones is the one they show in the uh, trailer is a fight on the freeway, and there are two robots fighting Bone Crusher and Optimus Prime. And in that fight, I can't tell who's who. I yeah. can't. I can't tell what's going. I just. It's. I see Bone Crusher. I yeah. see. Out, and when they meet, it just looks it's like a blur. It looks like crumpled up tinfoil. Yeah. The whole time, just moving around, and I can't tell who's who i can't tell who's who i can't tell what's going on and a lot of the times in the fights and I, a lot of this is the a the design of the decepticons even like i can never tell which decepticon i'm looking at um they're all silver they're all pointy yeah and you and, know what that i i will certainly concede that that and, was a major problem and in the first movie and there's a slight redesign in the autobots in the second movie there's a slight redesign where there's a more primary colors. It's easier to tell what's going on, less worrying and, and little gizmos inside of them. Um, but even Optimus Prime fighting, especially once he got dirty and his paint got scratched, he was also just a bunch of gears moving. Well, that was that was a fundamental flaw between the robots, because as I mentioned earlier, the Transformers, the Autobots and Decepticons, they were the they were one race that was split by a difference in ideology. And Michael Bay made the Decepticons to be monsters, and even that so, needed to be destroyed. And 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 beyond that, and I understand why it seemed like his entire thought was how those things looked as toys mm-hmm. and how they looked when they were standing by themselves. Mm-hmm. The idea that you know, and look, I've called out uh, my favorite series of films, the Star Wars movies. I've called out. Star Wars Episode Three for the same problem. I've got the high ground. Um, well, it, it has a lot of problems, but the biggest problem for me is that the biggest fight in the movie is supposed to be Anakin versus Obi Wan, and someone, their infinite wisdom, decided to give them both blue lightsabers. Mm. And when they fight, all I see is a, especially since they shoot, uh, they they shoot like just like waste up shots. All I see is just blur of blue. I don't know who's winning. I don't know who's losing. I yeah, don't. But traditionally, the bad guys in Star Wars had the red, red lightsabers, and, and we and, and we, the good guys had blues. So Anakin was technically a good guy. We establish throughout the prequel so trilogy. They both had to have. We we we, blue stab, we establish for, throughout the prequel trilogy that the good guys can have blue, purple, or green lightsabers. Well, so Anakin was a wannabe. So that's my my point being that he had the, lightsaber and the the rule of a fight of a of a choreographed fight is that it needs to tell a story and you need to be able to know what's going on and I it can't was, disagree it was and so in a, in a movie where you decide that the big the 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 spectacle of the film is supposed to be these giant robots fighting against each other mm-hmm. if you can't tell what's going on in the fight you get it the tension is completely broken and they lose you. And ultimately I walked out of the movie feeling like, wow, that was loud. Yeah. There were, there was a very distinct blocky look to the original transformers. And in the Michael Bay movies, when they clashed, you know what? It really did look like a big bunch of crumbled up tin with somewhat different colors. Yeah. So they, they were tough to distinguish at times. And a lot of the time Michael Bay would go for these shots that were even harder to distinguish sure. what was going on because, because he you likes rubble movement. he likes rubble and, and you have these smoke. circular shots around you know robots yeah. or something or you had these incomprehensible shots under the groin and over the head and all these yeah and it, it would make things very very difficult um 
I want to talk uh, really briefly um, about your connection to Transformers 1 uh, and your connection to Transformers in general. You are a voice actor. I am um, a voice actor. You're not only a voice actor, um, but you... I, a I am a voice artist. And, yes. and, and a lot of what you've done as a voice artist, if you look at your credits on IMDb, there's uh please don't look at my credits uh, if you if you look at your credits there are there's a ton of the word transformers there well there's one or on your resume yeah. if, if it's not on imdb then it's there you've I, done a ton of transformers i i have done fan dubs uh i have done interviews uh with other voice actors uh i've been involved with the transformers community for a very very long time and i I actually fought and uh, campaigned to be a part of uh, the original Transformers movie with Michael Bay, obviously, um, going as far as to create a comic book to uh, showcase myself to those who would receive it, uh, casting directors and otherwise, Tom DeSanto, producers, that kind of thing. Um, so I was successful, actually, in acquiring an audition for Ironhide, Ratchet, and Jazz, for the movie, I was not successful, um, but I, I never got a chance to audition for the Decepticons, and I did get word from Activision, uh, surprisingly. I was at E3 back in L.A., and uh, I think I dropped a demo to uh, uh, Dan Suarez, who was the executive producer at the time, and he contacted me and said, hey, I'd love for you to audition for Starscream and Thundercracker and you know a couple other characters, and I was like, okay, sure. So I auditioned for Starscream, and lo and behold... I got an offer to be Starscream, who turned out to be the lead villain of the video games at the time, because in the movie Megatron is kaput. Um, and and let's let let's let's be clear that you were uh, um, somebody else was Starscream in the film. Yes, um, but your Starscream. Charlie, Charlie Adler uh, had the privilege of voicing Starscream for the uh, for the movies. Um, now here's the interesting thing, and yeah. and and, Char and Charlie, if you ever listen to this, I doubt you will. But if you ever listen to this, I, I give you props for what you've done. But uh, I, I think I had that voice first because I recorded. They didn't record any oh, of the no. movie dialogue. No, this is true. They did not record the movie dialogue before the game was finished. So we actually created the voice of Starscream in the studio. And well, you create. I mean, it's you know. It, not to defend Charlie, who I don't know, but but he was the voice of Bugs Bun uh, Bugs Bunny. Who was the voice of the original no, Starscream? Buster Bunny in who, Tiny Toons. Who was the voice of the original Starscream? That was uh, Chris Latta. And Chris Latta, you you also Cobra Commander in G.I. Joe. And you took a lot of what you did. Oh my from my him. my audition absolutely was Chris Latta as Starscream. You so. know, shrill and you know, screamy and everything. And uh, that's that's what landed me the part. But ultimately, they they decided they wanted something more demonic. They wanted something different. So and I, I and I and I prefer again, Charlie. I love what you did. Actually, in what we're about to talk about, the the second <laughs> film. I didn't like the film, but I did stop it at one point and said the one character in this film that reminds me of yep, you sure did. It is is I actually dug what he did with Starscream in the second film particularly. Um, while different and maybe not as strong, maybe not as masculine, um, did remind me very much, evoked the relationship um, of the of the original Starscream. Yeah, and and you know, far be it for me to to try to discredit Charlie. I mean, I'm sure a lot of that had to do with the writing of the character, but you know, he rose to the occasion and he did that performance. Um, but let's talk about the success of you of of I feel like you ultimate. How many characters were you in that game? 
I was three characters. Now there there were different consoles: the the DS, the P- PlayStation Three, Xbox. Then you practically narrated for the PSP. Part of the game. I was Hound and Mixmaster. For all the other consoles, I was Starscream. And you practically narrated. I mean, the game because no, I, I, I narrated the Decepticon yeah, the, intro for the DS that, Decepticon game. And that the the well, the gag of the game was that you could play as either side. Mm-hmm. And if you played as the Decepticons, the very first like the first portion of the game was Starscream give, you know giving you orders. Yes. So it it really is well describing the war on Cybertron. And and but also giving all spot. But even <laughs> giving you orders as you played. Like I I got it on Xbox mm-hmm. and and when you play it the person barking orders at you and telling you what you need to do next is Daniel. Yep. Um. So well, no, Starscream. <laughs> but it's you. But <laughs> let's I be clear. But that's like, hey, I I need you to go get the all spark. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> go. You go now. So, so who the but, fuck is this guy? Just, just that I that I know your voice so well, though. Like even when you're doing other voices, I know it's you. So, so I hear I I hear you in there too, which is awesome yeah. for me. Um, because uh, anytime I'm really mad at you, I could just play that game and kill you. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so. Not so, without any problems. You have uh, you have this connection to the game, this connection to yes. the fans. Yes. Um, well, uh, I, I am a fan, and that's and that's really at the heart of everything. I've always been a fan. I've been a hardcore fan. I hope that I've proved that <laughs> during it, the duration of this podcast. And I would say that until the Ninjas movies, this was your claim to fame, was that you had done the game. That's what people would to, have done. To known. a degree. You could go, if we, people said, what has Daniel done? He's done... Transform now they'd say he does Transformers and he's in the Ninjas movies and yeah I mean it's I I can't tell you how honored I've been to to have that continue to be associated with stuff that I've done over time I mean I I've done a couple fan conventions I was a guest at BotCon sitting right next to Peter Cullen who does the voice of Optimus Prime and David Kay who was the voice of Megatron so if you met Peter Cullen would he he'd know who you are he'd go yeah oh, that's Daniel Ross you that's know what guy. he he is in a in a in a uh, He's done things that, uh, you know, I, I still aspire to do. So if he remembered who I was, I would be surprised. Frank Welker would know who you are. Frank Welker would know me. Yeah. Um, I haven't met him in person. He and I have been pen pals for a while. But, you know, other people, you know, David Kay, most of the cast of Beast Wars, I think, have met me in person now, many how, times. Now, if you could go back in time and talk to yourself in 1996 and, and tell yourself... 1996? Hell yeah! Oh, and tell yourself that that would be the case. How cool would... I, I don't think I would have believed it. I, I don't think I would have believed playing with the toys and, and and reminiscing about the days that, you know, my childhood was prevalent and, and like I the guy, the, like the voice of the original Bumblebee and you like hung out in a hotel room once, right? That's that Well, no, like that, that was Scott McNeil who was the voice of Rat Trap, Rat. Waspinator, and Dinobot okay. and Silverbolt. Um he he's he's one of these great guys. But no, I've I've David Sobolov is is one of my good friends uh, and mentor and has um, been a supporter of the Ninjas films. Absolutely. And, and, and Greg Berger who I had a, an opportunity with as along with David Sobolov uh, during uh, the convention Slagacon uh, in Indiana. That was that was another opportunity where you know I had a chance to hang with my idols and uh, Now David David Berger did the voice of No, Greg Greg Berger. Greg Berger did the voice of uh, Grimlock. I spoke to this gentleman. Yes, yes, Grimlock. His son, Sammy Berger, actually contributed some music uh, to Ninjas with, versus with his Vampires. Band, uh, to Ninjas versus Vampires. Boy, if he ever listens to this, it, Daniel had gave me no idea who this guy was, <laughs> and I was I thought this was just a guy whose son had a band, and and I didn't necessarily agree with everything on the contract. And this guy got and I yeah, got I, I handed the phone to Justin. He's he's having a casual conversation afterwards. I was like, by the way, you know that was the voice of Grimlock, and I'm just like. 
I uh, I died. Uh, I, w- I would have been a lot nicer. But uh, <laughs> um, my peepee moved. Um, so, <laughs> so we need to talk now. Oh gosh. Um, and it's almost four in the morning. And the reason it's almost four in the morning is that. <laughs> Is that after we, we uh, for those of you who listen to the whole network, um, yes, please we, do. We uh, we just recorded the what is going to be the uh, first episode of Ninjas versus You, and then afterward Pop we, off. we 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 were gonna do this, and um, and Daniel said, well, we should see the second Transformers movie yes, first, yes. And so we popped it on onto the big screen. We turned on the good sound. Now this is because Justin had not seen Transformers two, and and. And if you were going to see it anywhere, my basement is the place to see it. Yes. Um. I. You know. So we watched. <sighs> Where do we begin? Where do we begin? Um, now, I, I will certainly say that Transformers Two left a lot to be desired. It that is, is that is a way to put that. It is an absolute bombardment from Michael Bay of sensory overload. And there let don't get me wrong, there are some amazing visuals and sound design and other things in this movie that uh you know really can get you going. I, I enjoyed it. The first time I saw it, I was disappointed. And it's because the plot wasn't all that good. Um it meandered in a lot of places. There were a lot of big, big loopholes um, the characters seemed a little bit more aloof and goofy than they did maybe in the first one, and it didn't capture the same magic that it did the first time around. I, I didn't feel as captivated as I did the first time around. So, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed, and quite frankly, when I went to see it, um, the the showing was completely sold out, and I was in the very front row, so I had my neck whipped right back. You know, trying to actually uh, see what was going on. Okay, and so to be honest, I actually just left the room. He did, and he left back. me to talk, and hopefully and uh, that was okay. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go back and make sure that he, he like didn't go. Okay, he's gone. Here's what I really want to say about it. <laughs> um, but what I'm going to do here, I, I pulled out my iPad, and I'm gonna go uh, box office. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, because I want to make a point here. He's gonna actually remember nvzmovie at gmail dot com. Um. Send him pictures All right, of your so shorn balls. Looking up uh, box office mojo. Here we go. Mojo, yes. Box office That's mojo. That's actually uh, Sam's dog, by the way. So, That's the name of his dog. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, uh, a domestic total gross of $402 million, Jeez. $111,870 for a production budget of $200 million. Amazing. Um, given what they spent on the movie... That it, they very likely lost money. Well, they in, doubled in it. the United States. No, they didn't. No, that remember you have to keep in mind that what the movie makes in the theater is half of what they get back, and they probably spent a hundred million on marketing. Oh, sure, probably even more. So they got back two hundred million, and they spent three hundred million. But the worldwide gross, eight hundred thirty-six million. Damn. Nine two hundred ninety-seven uh, thousand two hundred twenty-eight dollars. Wow. So, uh, that's more than I make in a year <laughs> by a couple percentage points. <laughs> that's, that's more than, than I will make time divided by 10 times <laughs> the most I will make my entire life. Um, so I'm looking up the original transformers and the original transformers brought in 
Domestic total gross three hundred nineteen million. Oh, two hundred forty-six thousand one hundred and ninety-three dollars. Everyone, prepare your, your pictures of shorn testicles and For... send it to NVZMovie. Wait a minute. Gmail.com. Wait a minute. I was right. You were right. Exactly. No, the idea was... I said, if I'm wrong... You're wrong. I know, I am wrong. So, since I'm wrong, they now have to send their... No, wait. Testicle pictures to you. Don't email me. And if you're a female, get a buddy. Oh, boy. Shave his balls and Um, send those pictures to Justin. And worldwide, $709 million for production budget of 150. Wow. Now, my point. That's uh, a lot of moolah. The second movie made a ton of dough. It did. A ton of dough. A ton um, the third one's gonna make even more. I don't know if that's gonna be true. Oh, absolutely. The reason I don't know if that's gonna be true is that there's a lot of bad blood. There's a lot of people who aren't coming back. Yeah. There's well, a lot of people who. But aren't. when word gets out that the plot is actually better and the storyline's better, hopefully that will be true. People I can't are gonna. I mean, the future. Pe- people are gonna be checking the reviews. Clearly, can't predict the future, but you know what? Transformers is as big as it ever was. In spite of the fact that the second movie was a bit of a disappointment, it still made more money than well, the first one. It still had a bigger audience than the first one. So even if it even if it just matches the first movie, in it'll terms make of money. People, it'll, it'll make, make more it'll money. It'll make money. Um, the second movie is um, everything that was wrong about the first movie, minus my biggest problem. Uh, the peeing. Uh, no, no, no. The uh, the that actually kind of did happen again. <laughs> no, what, the the second movie, the the biggest problem in Alice in, got a major like yellow cum shot in her face. I could I could tell <laughs> I could tell uh, what was going on uh-huh. during the fights for the most part. Okay. Um. They 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 the wood scene. Yeah. Oh, that some of the fights were okay. Um. Some of the, there was actually one time, and I think it was the wood scene where I said, "Okay, that's pretty cool." Um. But, mind you, Justin was highly inebriated. <laughs> in general, not highly, and enough to highly. go enough to. You had had five drinks. I had one. I had little sippy sippy doodads. The the point being that it was uh, from the beginning. The first scene's okay. They after the first scene they and the first scene's relatively serious, hmm. and then they cut to the Whitwicky family. Yes, um, and it's atrocious. Everything about the scene, everything that like, here's your protagonist. He's a cartoon character. His mother is weeping and she's laughing and she's saying that it sucks and she's flirting with the dad and there's slapping on the butt and then there's crying because he's going away to, I mean, this is, we're talking about the moment that brought tears to everybody's eyes in Toy Story 3. And this is just, just nothing but just awfulness just like there's no consistent tone have you seen your child go off to college no so you can't relate you don't know what she's going through i don't i I don't think she knows what she's going through this little baby booties yeah and she's laughing and she's crying and they're talking about going to have sex And she's a woman they're going to have (laughs) sex in his room which doesn't make sense for that is a logical conclusion for a movie about transformers and then then dogs are humping and then the dad's almost crying then they go outside and they're talking about 18 years they probably have never had an opportunity to have sex in his and so and so here is here is is just (laughs) absolute absolute inconsistency of of tone and i will agree and at this point in the movie a terrible performance by by uh by shia labeouf um and even worse by the father and even worse by the mother. And I don't want to slam Shia too much because there are points in the movie. No. There are points in this movie where I think that he is. No. There are points in this movie I think he is good. 
Um, they're, no, they're you, you cannot you cannot confuse a lack of performance with a lack of good story or good script. No, I can absolutely that that I think that whatever it was about that day, whether it was the direction that day, whether it was the lack of revisions in the script, we have to we can at least blame part of it on the writer's strike. Oh come on, Bumblebee came out and saved everyone by shooting all the little robots, and then he gets yelled at to go back in the garage. So he climbs back, he crawls back into the garage. That is just poor writing and directing. And yeah, it's awkward. Well, and and again, it's, and Shia LaBeouf had to say, "You get back in the garage. The, 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 you go, 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 go." Yeah, the the <laughs> well, the the one bit of fairness I want to give to the movie is that there was the giant writer strike that happened at this time. Yes, and they had to shoot the first draft. They were not allowed to change a single word on set in some of the scenes. Well, no, no, no. This was written by Michael Bay. The movie was written by Michael Bay, and then it was story doctored. the The script was doctored by Aaron Kruger. Uh, and your Star Trek writers, Alex yes, and, Kurtman and uh, Orgy. But 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 clearly they weren't they they weren't allowed to do what they can do. Um, yeah, clearly. Um, and Michael Bay clearly wanted to go from one cool shot to. So another you can cool almost shot. tell in contrast between the first and second movies, the moments that Michael Bay stands out, eh, Bumblebee yeah. peeing. Yeah. Compared to the second movie, where it's like every scene, Bumblebee's peeing. Yeah. <laughs> so so we have we, we have um, the the real. Sort of, sort of like that first feeling I got when I was watching Star Wars Episode One, where I went, "Something's, something's wrong mm-hmm, here." Mm-hmm. Um, was this interaction between the family that had absolutely not, not even inconsistent with the tone of the rest of the movie, but not like n- not even consistent with its own tone within the scene from shot to shot. It was like it looks like what they did is they said, "Okay, now do the shot like it's serious." Okay, now let's try it like it's funny. Okay, now let's do it this way. And then when they edit it together, they just put different takes together that were totally different. And the whole scene, it just makes no sense. And then you cut to another awful scene where <laughs> another awful scene where where he's on the phone with Megan Fox and she's like, we're breaking up. He's like, no, we're not. No, we're fine. Are you really serious? Do you really mean? But we're not. Oh, I'm laughing. No, I'm serious. I am going to break up with you. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to whisper sexy to you. Okay, I'm going to go. And just, just, I, it didn't make, it, it made no sense at all. Meanwhile, she's bent over a bike. I And, and it's like, it's like, it's almost <sighs> as if the entire, like, like the entire scene was set up just to have her bent over the bike. It was. Um. And, and and for that reason alone, I can appreciate it. And there's and there's from it, a from a, a childish perspective. There's there's this inconsistency of tone that is that that continues through the film. Yes, it's a film that doesn't know what it is, Correct. doesn't know what it wants to do. Correct, goes back and forth between ridiculous. I mean, we have life and death circumstances, and then a robot with balls. We have <laughs> we we have you know. We we have a, a robot humping someone's leg immediately yes. followed by a military funeral. Yes. Um, <laughs> Doesn't that always happen? <laughs> um, uh, we have we have things that are clearly meant to make kids laugh, and then we have things that are presented as being really scary and awful. Um, we have we have uh, really racist stereotypes in in two two robots that that were just kind of inappropriate for the film we have just just, just i get it the gold tooth was a little much it was well, that that pops off later. um <laughs> get uh, it pops off uh, um <laughs> uh it just sort of throughout the film stop trying to be a pussy justin the the action uh the action was 
largely pointless, largely without consequence. Um, the the tensest scene of the film is actually just Shia and Megan inside a room when stuff is happening outside the room, and they're they're you know she like covers her mouth because she doesn't want to scream. Like that's the only scene with any tension in the film, and everything else is just sort of like running and exploding, and and again. Well, they don't have the problem with the room. I don't know. I thought when Shia's in uh, in uh, Heavenland with the Primes and they're saying, "You've done your job well. I sound like Santa Claus." Oh, I didn't even. I didn't I even. I thought that was pretty tense. I didn't even mind that so much at that. And maybe it, it really was, did sound like Santa. And, Claus. and maybe at that point, I was just kind of like, okay. Like Santa Claus is one of the original primes. Holy crap! <laughs> no, what he, he brought me Transformers when I was a kid. This blows my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you get to the end of the movie and you're just like I, I was exhausted and I was ready for it to end mm. and I was just sort of like I was I I I didn't understand why any of it was the way it was and and by the end of the well, movie it ends so abruptly you just you go from action to i am optimus prime and i'm sending this message out to anyone Someone. who's watching who it's happens a, to be in their basement Optim- drinking drinks and- optimus optimus prime has a podcast <laughs> He does, and it's soon to be a part of the Endlight Podcast uh, Network. Podcast really. Prime. <laughs> um, so he transforms into four listeners. Um, <laughs> um, they, One of which has ball cancer. It's, 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 <laughs> Robot chicken. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, please, please, <laughs> please clarify that. Um, I'm really so, sorry if you know anybody that uh, actually uh, has bulk cancer. Um, it's not funny, but um, Robot Chicken made it funny. Blame um, them. Uh, so ultimately, I, I got to the end of the film, and I was just like, that. it was, um, in some ways, it, if it were handled differently, it could almost have been good, but noth- nothing about it makes any sense. Well, you had so many plot holes and even just vacant you gaps. So like. M- like, like Wheelie is pointing the lasers to the map, and it's pointing to New Jersey, and they say, oh, the closest one is in D.C., but they're in Virginia. Well, and there's, and also <laughs> my, my favorite, where, where somebody, like, there are three people standing somewhere, and they're like, we need to, we need to go, and they teleport, and then all of a sudden, everybody's there, like, six people are there, and there's no explanation, not even one person going, how did I get here, and go, don't worry, we'll t-. that's all you would have needed, and there's nothing like there's just like, okay, just go with it. Yeah. Um, and the, and and it it it's sort of nonsensical. Um, and ultimately, I think that the the thing that that bums me out is I still have not seen Transformers on the big screen. Ooh. I still have not seen no not not no. I saw the first movie on the big screen with you. Okay. I have not seen the Transformers that I want. The Transformers that I remember. Okay. Okay. I don't have that. I have not seen heroic giant robots here to save the day from big bad robots that are here that are going to come get us i've gotten i've gotten in the first movie they were bumbling and then the fighting didn't make any sense in the second movie um they fought each other a lot but that didn't feel like there were any stakes for any of the human characters um and and i ultimately felt like that i didn't care and i cared more i still think the best transformers movie is transformers the movie the animated movie um, as as flawed as a movie as that is, as much as people hate Rodimus Prime, Rodimus Prime is a character with a clear beginning, middle, beginning, middle, and end. He's he's my got... favorite line, of course. Oh shit! It's Galvatron. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's a it's it's that that is a movie that still speaks to me more than either of these. 
um, and and really a lot more a lot more than the second one. I feel like this. I'm curious to see what the third one's like. I've seen the trailers. The trailer looks. Well, and let's, and let's be clear. The trailer looks insanely pretentious. Um, well, the trailer is the trailer is debuting today, Super Bowl Sunday, when we're recording early yeah. in the morning. The teaser has come out, and and everyone across the board, including the actors, has said that the second one was a big misstep. Michael Bay yeah. has even said the second one was a big misstep. So I think that kind of goes a long way to I hope repairing the image. I hope. And hopefully they will nail it this time because I think it will probably be the last Michael Bay Transformers movie. Whether they continue the franchise without yeah. him, or who reboot knows, it, or, or they reboot it, it makes too much fucking money for them to just sure. stop. Yeah, like um, with they, like, and, and clearly when they got sick of the way Sam Raimi was doing Spider Man, mm-hmm. they rebooted it and they said, "Let's see, so, you know, people are still hungry for Spider Man, just not your Spider Man." I thought they just felt bad for the actor who fell on Broadway. Ah, uh, which one? Uh, <laughs> so, um. So ultimately, I, I think we're mean. the future the future of Transformers is something I'm interested in following. I certainly I will say this: when the movie comes out, I will be reading. I will be on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm I'm at least have the the part of me from my youth that that has that has the like the fond now, you memories. See, Justin will actually be with me for the premiere of Transformers Three. I don't know if I will. This is, this is a foregone conclusion. When does Transformers Three come out? It'll be available this summer in July. In July? Yep. You you. you the, a month after your next child is born. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be with you in the theater. Sure we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, it'll be hard to get away. Um, but uh, in the meantime, um, I think we'll probably end up doing an addendum to this podcast uh, at some point, uh, right after. I think we're. I think we'll have to do a a a pop off supplemental um, about Transformers Three. We'll have to do a pop off off um, pop. But uh, I don't have much more to say about. I mean. Goodness gracious! This we might even have to split this one in two. This is an hour and forty six minutes. An hour and forty six minutes on Transformers. This is an amazing. Well, you know what? It's an epic, epic subject. It is one that deserves some time, just like Star Wars, just like Star Trek, just like anything out there that's uh, massively popular. You, you know, I wouldn't put it up there with Star Wars or Star Trek. But if there's a list that oh, Star- you're treading thin water. There, here, here, listen to what I'm saying in terms of cultural significance. I would say. It belongs on that list, though, and that's a huge thing to say for for a for someone like me who who adores Star Wars and Star Trek the way I do, and b for for knowing that sort of the general public understands the the cultural significance of those. I think for a certain age group, this is their intro to science. But fiction. Le, but 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 let's be clear: Transformers has been with children since the eighties. Star Wars. Has been with children since the 80s. Uh, less since the so. 70s. Less so. When has Star Wars really been appealing to kids? Do you want to, do you want to know what when, you... When, when has there been media to really support it for the kids? Always. No, I, Always. I disagree. After the movies, we have the Clone Wars animated series, but that's more that's more adult. But I, there really hasn't been any consistent presence. Transformers has remained. For you, but let's be clear. Do you know what year was Transformers' biggest year I'd say uh, 1985 for for selling toys. 1985, 2010. Well, clearly that's that was the height with the movies. No, no, last year. Yeah, there were no movies last year, or the year before, or the year before that. Uh, Revenge of the Fallen. Revenge of the Sith. You mean? No, I'm talking about Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Star Wars. The last movie. The last movie was 
years ago. And yeah, there's Star Wars Transformers. Damn it. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, suffice to say. Suffice to See, say. See, you all are trying to get a piece of the Transformers. That's what we're trying to that's do. That's what you're trying to do it's because not, it's so popular. It's not in any way the other it's way around. It's bigger than Star Wars. I will say this. Um, it belongs on the list. Darth Vader versus Optimus Prime. I would say that the I would say that they belong on the same list. I would say I will I will say this. Transformers, the first action cartoon I ever watched. Mm. Um the first science fiction outside of Star Wars that I was ever interested in. Um uh and maybe for a lot of kids, their intro to science fiction. Kids who don't want to sit down and watch a movie with live actors yet, but they dig on cartoons. This is their introduction to blasters and, 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 and <laughs> mask. Yeah. Oh, that, that's a whole different story. We could do the transfer, the transformers, the fallout from transformers is its own podcast. Um, Voltron could be its own damn podcast. It absolutely could. Um, Thundercats. Ho! But, but this one has to end. Your mom's a ho! Um, so, uh, he man for, <laughs> for pop off. Um, I'm Justin. And this is Starscream. Pop off. Hey, 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 hey.